Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 78. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 78 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there busting their ass still battling this COVID. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website, bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com, B-R-O-N-X-B-I-A-S-P-O-D.M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com, bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Go check it out. Come fuck with me. I got hoodies on there. I've got t-shirts. I've got tote bags. I got COVID masks, and I've got stickers with much, much, much more to come. Uh, you know, supporting the merch is just a great way to help keep this podcast going the way that it is. I'm an independent potter from the BXNY with no sponsorship deals, no, you know, uh, uh, feature deals as of yet. As of yet, we working on it. We working hard. Um, but until that day comes, supporting the merch, uh, if you guys support the merch, is just a great way to help keep the podcast going the way it is. Um, you know, so uh, any support I can receive on the merch, I truly, truly appreciate 
I will appreciate and I do sincerely appreciate every single person who has went on the site and purchased some merch from me. I truly, truly appreciate that. And with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, great, great show today. Fully, fully, fully packed. And I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood and I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song by an amazing artist. And it is called Fanetto by Chief Keef off of the album Back From The Dead 2. And we got to give big love, shout outs, and all kinds of flowers to Chief Keef. Because without Chief Keef, there would be no Pop Smoke. There would be no Lil Dirk. There would be no Chef G. There would be no G Herbo. There would be no King Von. There would be no Bobby Schmurder. There would be no Rowdy Rebel. Like literally, Chief Keef and this drill sound that he. I wouldn't say that he invented it. I don't think that he did, but I think that he took it the furthest, the earliest, and paved the way for a lot of these new artists. I think he really deserves his flowers for what he did that early with the sound. And it has sparked a, a, a revolution, if you will, of these these new artists taking this sound and putting their own types of spin on it. So without Chief Keef's contributions, I think that the sound would not go as far as it has. Like, I don't think that there would ever be a, a, a hot nigga without a Chief Keef. I don't think there would ever be a, a, a pop smoke without a Chief Keef. So I really want to give this man his flowers. I think that he really did so much for the sound so early. He was 16 when his first songs came out. And he really, like, paved the way for a lot of these new guys. So I wanted to give him his flowers. Great song. Great artist. A living legend, in my opinion. Shout out to the Chicago God, Chief Keef. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. And it is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, maybe it's your first time listening to the show. Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show. Just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is, the Bronx Week Parade and Festival is an annual event held each year on Mashulu Parkway. The annual parade features dozens of Bronx schools and community organizations marching to display their borough's pride. The goal of the parade and festival is to remind all New Yorkers that the Bronx is a great place to live, a great place to work, and a great place to play. And that is your Bronx fact for episode number 78. son where'd you find this all right all right we're getting right to the shits today um this week though in particular was a very slow news week and not slow as in that nothing happened slow as in everything that did happen and all the articles i was reading and all the things i was looking at nothing really interests me like nothing there was nothing that i found to be interesting enough to like 
opened the show with. There was like these articles I was reading. I was like, this is bogus. Like, this is whack. Like, really, like in terms of the way I find things and find topics, I was really like striking out all week. Like, there was nothing really to pique my interest. So I just decided, I was like, I've done this before. I think this was an old, old episode. I think it might be like episode 36, I think, where I just did a questionnaire segment where I just answer instead of the usual two or three questions from Instagram and Twitter, I would do about five or six questions to open the show with this week. Um, Really just because there was nothing really piquing my interest. There was nothing really that caught my eye. And I wanted to do further research on and formulate a segment around. So I was like, man, I might as well just bring it back to the people, answer about five or six questions from these from you guys, because you guys answer ask great questions. And some weeks I don't get to answer as many as I would like. One, because I talk too much, <laughs> you know, and other times just because I have other things pressing that I really want to discuss on the show. So this week I'm going to do my second questionnaire segment. And I'm going to answer five or six of you guys' questions, um, and we're going to lead off the show with that. So let me say, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter, at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. And Twitter is the exact same, Rogers Neighborhood, except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. So let's get it started. Let's answer some of the questions that I have received from you guys. The first one says, what are your way too early NBA awards and championship predictions? Okay, okay, I like it. I like we starting off good. So, of course, you guys know the NBA season has just returned um, after, you know, the the usual break. Congratulations again to the Bucks for winning the chip last year. And, of course, we always like to do our way-too-early predictions. Let's see how many of these I actually get right. I think last year, if I did do it, I didn't get any of them right. So, (laughs) let's see if we can do better this year. So, first, we're going to start with MVP. MVP, I can't pinpoint it down to one person for multiple reasons. I think I'm going to give you guys my top three for MVP. Um... Last year, Nikola Jokic won it, and it was completely out of left field. A lot of things had to go right for him to win it, and he was deserving of it. I don't want to shit on him and act like he didn't deserve to win, but it was really unexpected for him to win. So this year, I think my top three for MVP in order is number one, Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks. I think Luka is amazing. I think that he is so fucking good so early. Like, he's going to be a problem for the years on years to come the Dallas Mavericks just really have to build a good supporting team around him he's fucking incredible if you ever watch this guy play basketball this guy's incredible Luka Doncic is incredible and then the Mavericks just got Jason Kidd as the coach I think that Jason Kidd will really help Luka develop more his ball handling his court vision you know his uh being a leader i think jason kidd is a really good hire for the mavericks i think that luke is gonna have a really 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 good season he's my number one choice for mvp my second choice for mvp is kevin durant and i'm choosing kevin durant because of the kyrie irving situation we don't know when kyrie irving is going to come back to the nets he's a guy who is strict he does not want to get vaccinated and that is his choice there's so many people out here making judgments on him and telling him he's dumb and all these things. If he is a a grown-ass man, he can make the decisions that he wants to make. If he does not want to get something, 
you guys can't make him want it. Like, calling him an idiot and calling him all these names and deriding him and doing all these things to him, I think is really bullshit. He's somebody with his own free will, and he's grown. He's a grown man. He understands the penalty of not getting vaccinated. He understands that he can't be there for his team. He understands he can't receive his paycheck. You know, he's not doing this just because he wants to be a contrarian. I'm sure he has real reasons on why he has apprehensions on getting vaccinated. I think that, you know, because he is like one of the only ones standing that firm on it. And again, in New York, you have to be vaccinated in order to enter public buildings. Like he's getting like shitted on heavy. And it's like, bro, like he has a a free will and he has his own mind. He has his own opinion. He can do with his body whatever he wants. It's like, why is it my body, my choice, except in areas like this? You know what I'm saying? I think that everyone should have the choice to do with their bodies what they want to do. And I really don't even want to spend no time talking about this vaccine shit. If you again, I'll say I think I said this a few episodes ago. If you somebody out there who wants the shit because you think it's going to keep you safe please get it. If you're somebody out there who just wants to return to your social life, go to sports games, go to bars, go to clubs, go to lounges, travel, get it. If you're somebody out there who has kids and you want to protect your family, whatever, please get it. And on the flip side, if you're someone who doesn't believe any of these things is true, you don't, you think it's a government conspiracy, you don't think it's going to keep you safe, then don't get it. Just be quiet about it. That's my stance. But back to KD, I think because Kyrie will not play and we don't know how long he's going to play and if you guys watch the season opener against the Bucks the Nets play the Bucks Kevin Durant is going to have to do so much on the court to inspire wins that I think he's going to get a lot of MVP consideration granted he is playing with James Harden and James Harden ain't no slouch James Harden is nice nice he's one of my favorite players lefty gang shout out and but I think that the the pressure on KD to elevate the team is going to be so much more heavy than if he did have Kyrie. Again, the Nets are not that young. They're 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 kind of weird. They're not that young, but they're really young at the same time. You know, KD and Harden and Blake Griffin and Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge are older veterans, right? Older veterans. And Joe Harris as well. Shit like players like that. On the other side of the spectrum, the Nets have Cam Thomas and they have you know, Nicholas, Nicholas Claxton, who's going to get a lot of minutes, like very young players. So I think that the pressure on KD is going to be a lot heavier. Um, and I think that, you know, he's he's an amazing player. He's a special athlete. So he's going to have to play really hard and a lot of minutes and elevate the team higher than he would have to had had to if Kyrie was present. So I think that'll give him a lot of votes for MVP. And my third choice for MVP is Joel Embiid. I think it's pretty obvious why. Ben Simmons, they're having a fiasco right now. And I think the pressure on Embiid to lead the team to wins, to get them a high seat in the Eastern Conference is going to be heavy. I think he wants that challenge. I think that him and Doc Rivers are on the same page. And, you know, if he can stay healthy, he was a a high MVP candidate last season. He just missed a lot of games due to injury. And then Nikola Jokic happened to win. So I think that with this season, the pressure on Joel Embiid to keep the Sixers at a high seed, a contending team is going to be more. And I think that that will get him a lot of votes. And again, the MVP is always a narrative award. So who has the best story? Who can we, you know, tell the best story about their season? And then they'll win the award. So I think Joel Embiid is going to be highly considered for, for this award this year. 
The next uh, award for the NBA is Defensive Player of the Year. I think Joel Embiid is going to win that too. Again, if he stays healthy. I think I think Rudy Gobert has kind of won it too many times. And they usually don't give it to like wing players. Giannis won it one year. Kawhi won it one year. But I think that... I think that the big man, this is a big man's award. You know, the NBA is kind of like anti-big man in a way because the way they play, how fast they play. So I think I think that this is a big man award. I think that Joel Embiid is going to get this award as well. If he doesn't get MVP, he will get Defensive Player of the Year, again, regarding on health. Everything is contingent on him staying healthy. Um, the next award is the Sixth Man of the Year. I'm going to go hometown here. The Sixth Man of the Year. I'm going for my New York Knickerbockers. Derrick Rose. I think that Derrick Rose coming off the bench for the Knicks is going to have a hella impact on these games. I think that he's going to be a driving force and he's going to play a lot of minutes because Tom Thibodeau plays his players. Tom Thibodeau is one of the most anti-load management coaches in the history of the league. I think that Derrick Rose is going to be playing a lot of minutes. He's going to be scoring a lot of points. He's going to have big impacts on these games. And I think that he's going to win the Sixth Man of the Year award. Rookie of the year, I got Jalen Green. I, I mean, this guy, I love watching him play. He's, what, 19 years old, I think? He's a dynamic player, man. I like this kid, man. I like watching him play. I think he's nice, nice. I think he's super talented. He is a little thin, I think, but he'll fill out. Again, he's 19 years old. He's still growing. So um, I think that he is right now my favorite for rookie of the year. Again, you got uh, Cade Cunningham from Detroit. And you got Scotty Barnes also playing in Toronto. But I think that Jalen Green is going to win this award. The next award is Most Improved. And I'm going again back to the hometown, New York Knicks. I got my guy, R.J. Barrett, to win Most Improved Player. Two Knicks, two years in a row. Last year, Julius Randle won the award. I think this year, R.J. Barrett is going to win the award. I think his jump shot is much better. I think his, he's gotten much stronger, and he's a much better defensive player. Again, shout-out to Thibodeau for instilling the defense. I think that R.J. Barrett is going to win this award. Most improved player is going to go to two Knicks two years in a row. Um, the next award is Coach of the Year. And this is kind of a difficult one for me because there's a lot of coaches I think that are going to do well. I think that Chauncey Billups with the Portland Blazers is going to do really well. I think that um, Tyron Lue with the Clippers, especially no Kawhi Leonard, is going to do really well. I think that um, even Nash, you know, if, if the Nets get a lot of, you know, go really far, like, you know, maybe a one seed or a two seed, I think he can get consideration. But I'm going to choose Monty Williams to win this award. I think that a lot of people were upset that Monty Williams didn't win it last year for the transformation he did with the Phoenix Suns. Tom Thibodeau ended up winning because of the, what he did with the New York Knicks. I think that this year, if the Phoenix Suns are a top three seed in the West, one, two, or three, I think that because last year so many people wanted him to win it, I think that he'll win it this year. Um, so I got I got Monty Williams to win that award. And he's a really good coach. I mean, the job he's done with the Phoenix Suns is amazing because the Phoenix Suns were in the toilet for the last, what? I would say they've been in the toilet since like 2013, you know, not relevant since Nash, you know, left and went to the Lakers. I think that was the 2012 season. They Phoenix Suns have been in the toilet. And he turned them around, got them to the finals. So I think that Monty Williams will win this award. And my NBA Finals prediction, I got the Los Angeles Lakers against the Milwaukee Bucks to meet in the finals. I think that LeBron, Russell, Carmelo Anthony, uh, who else is on the team? Uh, Anthony Davis, 
We got uh, we. I'm saying we. <laughs> Dwight Howard is back. Rondo's back. I think. I think that the the Lakers again the regular season really doesn't matter that much, as long as they're healthy for the playoffs. I think that no team is gonna beat them four times out of seven times. And the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the East. They've returned almost all their starters except PJ Tucker. I think that they're a well-oiled machine. I think that Giannis is amazing. I love that Giannis got that jump shot working. I don't know if you guys have noticed it. Giannis got that jump shot working. And if he got that jump shot hitting on... Bruh, he's got pretty much an unstoppable player. If he got that jump shot working, he's an unstoppable player. So I got the Lakers against the Bucks in the NBA Finals. And of course, I got my Lakers to win because LeBron James is my guy, guy. So to reiterate... MVP, Luka Doncic, KD, or Joel Embiid, Defensive Player of the Year, Joel Embiid, Sixth Man of the Year, Derrick Rose, Rookie of the Year, Jalen Green, Coach of the Year, Monty Williams, and the NBA Finals. I think that the Lakers will play against the Bucks, and the Lakers will win. We'll see how many I get right. I'm usually no good at these. It seems like NFL predictions is the only thing I'm pretty good at. <laughs> so we'll see how I do. But those are my way too early NBA awards and championship predictions. Thank you for that question. The next question I have is, what is the funniest freestyle that you have ever heard? Okay, this is a great question. This is a fantastic question. I love this. Again, I'm a hip-hop head. I love hip-hop music. But sometimes it's great to hear jokes in it. Like, there's a lot of rappers out here who are currently, you know, popping or actually very good rappers and very funny. I think Freddie Gibbs is hilarious. I think Tyler, the creator, is funny. I think Kanye's funny. I think Drake's funny. They're all witty, funny guys. But the funniest freestyle that I've ever heard in my whole life is from a rapper named Riff Raff. Okay? Uh, maybe you guys don't know Riff Raff. Riff Raff is a, a white dude. I don't know where he's from, to be honest. But he is just like a caricature of a rapper. And we don't even know if he takes rap seriously. He has rapped and made albums, but... He's like the caricature of a rapper. So he's always got like extra gaudy clothes on. He always has weird hair. Like he's just like if a comedian decided to be a rapper. And this guy's really funny in my opinion. He's really funny. I want to play you guys his freestyle on Sway in the Morning. This was like, man, I want to say this was like 2014 or 2013, maybe even 2012. But this was like the funniest shit I ever heard in my life. Please listen to this. This is Rapper Riff Raff on Sway in the Morning, the funniest freestyle I have ever heard in my life. Sway in the Morning, only on Shay 45. Riff Raff is here. You said something to me earlier, man, when you used to freestyle in high school on the back of the bus. You said okay, that. yeah, 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 you yeah. know. Wonder, do me a favor. But we throw a beat on, man. Can you do that for us now, man? Got it, you know. I ain't tripping, no. I never be tripping. Yeah, man. Oh, especially, okay, I never, I normally wouldn't do books and sway, you know what I'm saying? Sway, yeah, go, I got to. Handshakes, hugs. You want me outside? You want to see me with pancakes and drawers? Take your fat ass to sleep. I'm jumping out the candy coat of Grim Reaper G. I put you to sleep. I put you six feet deep when it's in the ground. I blaze pine. I let my top down. I could have played for Washington Redskins. Six points for a touchdown. I might give you a six point diamond. It's a carry. This is a parent. I'm, uh, I got more knowledge than both your parents combined. I graduated never. I didn't go to high school in 99. Everything was fine. I banged Jane Wine. Uh, no homo. I'm 
talking about the back of my trunk. That's CD dick. The players want to check. I eat checks mixed. Hayes want to get in the mix. I ball. I got a fresh set of kicks. I'm play for the Phoenix Suns. I graduated in 1991. Damn, that motherfucker older than the motherfucking moon plus the sun. He got older than the damn solar system. I come through. Uh, I might pop trunk on your sister. I eat fried gristle and bacon with eggs and toast. Everybody, damn, that motherfucker right there, he bought the most. He bought coast to coast. He bought across seven seas. You talking about, oh, I'm in a gang. Motherfucker, you on your damn knees because you gay. I pull up sitting sideways with Sway. We had a Chinese buffet. Eating on a Monday, it's a Tuesday. Make it feel like it's damn Ruby Tuesday. But it's Saturday. But it don't even matter anyway. I come through with diamonds and sapphires across my chest. Figured I was Ken to Ken Griffey Jr. I come through. I played down south of Oklahoma soon. I could have played for tailback, halfback, or hatchback. I'm in a photo hatchback. Damn, motherfucker could have played for the Dallas Mavericks, but they found crack in my jacket. They found me one of my socks. This motherfucker, damn... Mark Cuban said, man, you're going to have to box one of these players because they're going to take your position. Diamonds going to glisten. We're, we're twisting. We have to sign on the back. Let's just go fishing. Let's go to sleep. Man, I'm, hold on, man. I'm, yo, 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 Riff Rab. Riff Rab. Riff Rab. Riff Rab. Fam. <laughs> Fam. <laughs> That is the funniest shit, bro. That's the funniest shit I ever heard in my life, bro. That shit is so funny, dog. Like, he, I don't know. I, and was, what's really funny about it is that you don't know if this dude is dead ass serious or if this dude is just playing along with us or if this is like literally like his like social experiment. Like, I'm going to try my best to be the most openly caricature of a rapper ever and like this shit but i don't even know what to say like that is the funniest shit i ever heard in my life dog that is the funniest shit i ever heard like the coat on a radio show where you really freestyling like if you guys never listen to sway in the morning like this is like one of the last places that rappers actually go up to freestyle you know you got <clears throat> obviously funk flex you got sway and you got the la leakers other than that, rappers ain't dropping down and going freestyling everywhere. So he really went out to Sway. Sway asked him for a freestyle, and he said that all that shit, yo. That's the funniest shit ever, dog. Shout out to Riff Raff. Shout out to Riff Raff, yo. That's really the funniest freestyle I've ever heard in my life. That shit is so funny. Man, shout out to him. <laughs> shout out to Riff Raff. <laughs> That's the funniest shit, dog. Oh, man. Thank you for the question. The next question I have for you guys today says, what would the world be like if every single person on the planet was like you? Now, here's 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 where I learned that that's not a good thing. When I was a kid, I, there was an episode of SpongeBob, <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants, where Squidward decided to leave where he lived currently with next to SpongeBob and Patrick and move to a town where every single person was like him, right? So he left. He got tired of SpongeBob and Patrick's bullshit. He was like, I'm leaving. He left. He went to a town that where every single person was another like Squidward. It was literally every single person was like him. And so at first, he loved the shit. He went to the store. They had the canned bread. Everybody would ride their bikes. He would go to the dance studio, play the clarinet, all the shit that he loved to do, right? But over the course of the episode... 
he started to realize that when he, every probably every single person was like him, his life was hella boring. Like he just wasn't having fun doing shit. Like everything he thought he loved to do, he would do it every day, and he got it got really old to him. He got really bored, and so eventually, he realized like, damn, like. I need these other people in my life because if every single person is like me, this shit is trash. He <laughs> then one at one part of the episode, he started playing with a leaf blower because it was just fun. And then all the other Squidwards were looking at him like, "Nigga, what you doing?" And he realized, like, "Damn, I I complain about SpongeBob and Patrick all the time, but without them, my life would be hella boring." And so, literally, that's my answer. Like, if every single person on the planet was like me. I feel like my life would be extremely boring. Like you need the variety of people. You need different personalities around you. You need different types of attitudes around you. You need all these different types of people so that you have a variety in your life. And literally, little Denzel learned that from SpongeBob SquarePants. Don't tell me that SpongeBob is not an educational program, okay? SpongeBob is hella educational because I literally learned that from then. Like, because of course, as a kid, you think, Man, I wish everybody was like me because my life would be easier. You know, I wouldn't have to deal with all these people. I wouldn't have to deal with, let's say, as a kid, you won't have to deal with bullies. You don't have to deal with, you know, uh, feeling dumb or not athletic, you know, in school or whatever. But then you, I watched that shit and I was like, damn, you really do need all these kinds of people around you. Because if every single person walking around was just like Denzel, my life would be boring as hell. So... Shout out to SpongeBob for teaching me that. Who says you can't learn anything from television? Who says that? I learned that shit. That's a big life lesson. Learned it from SpongeBob SquarePants. So, I that yeah, my if every single person on the planet was like me, it would be bad. I would feel like Squidward in that town. So, I learned that young, and I try my best to keep a different types of people around me. Um, you know, just for the variety of it. You know, different personalities. You know, you have different experiences that way. So. The world would not be good if every single person was like me. That's a fact. <laughs> thank you, SpongeBob, for teaching me that. <laughs> and thank you for the question. The next question I have for you guys today says, what would the absolute worst name be that you can give for your child? Now, I might offend a few people with this. The question is, what's the worst name that you can give for a child? Any man who has a junior who has a, the third or the fourth or the fifth or the sixth. It's the same name over and over again. I think that is so trash. And again, I might be offending a lot of people out there. I think that if you're a junior, if you're a the third or the fourth. So if my name is Denzel Rogers, right? So if my if I had a son, it would be Denzel Rogers Jr., Denzel Rogers the third, Denzel Rogers the fourth, etc. I think that is so fucking trash. I think that is so trash. It's one of the laziest, laziest fucking names to give your kid. And it's really selfish. Like, man, this kid is going to come into the world. He's got his whole life ahead of him. And I want to give him my name. Like, what the hell? Like, he's got his own personality, his own likes, dislikes. He's not just like you. He's sort of like you, but he's not just like you. Why would you give him your name? Give him his own name. I think that that shit is trash, bro. I would never do that to a kid. Like, give them their own original name. Give them their own, I don't know. That's just my opinion. And I understand that there are a lot of great juniors out there. You know, you got uh, Robert Downey Jr., right? He's the dude who plays Iron Man. You got Ken Griffey Jr. You got, uh, who else is a junior? 
you got Dale Earnhardt Jr., right? You got a bunch of juniors out here who are, like, cool. But I just think the junior name, I think that shit is trash. Don't name your kids whatever your name is, junior. Whatever your name is, the third. Whatever your name is, the fourth. I think that shit is trash. That shit is fucking trash, bro. That shit is trash. Again, and I'm talking shit. My name is Denzel. I was named after Denzel Washington. Literally. Named after Denzel Washington. I'm talking shit. But if I have a kid, his name is not going to be Denzel Rogers. I guarantee you that. He's going to have his own fucking name. Please. That shit is trash. And again, I understand I might be offending all the juniors out there. Probably going to be typing me mean messages and all that shit. I don't care. The junior shit is trash, dog. Don't do that to your kids. Give them their own fucking names, man. Give them their own names. So that's my answer. <laughs> the worst name you can give for a kid is just naming them your name, Junior, the third, the fourth, the fifth, etc. That shit is trash. And cut it out. Cut it out. Uh, the next question I have for you guys today says, who do you know that really reminds you of a character in a TV show or a movie? And I'm going to keep this on myself. I'm not going to put anybody else out there. I'm only going to keep this on myself. If you guys know the show called The Big Bang Theory, it's a sitcom that used to be on CBS. I don't know if it's still airing. Um, and it's about like scientists, like literally it's a sitcom about scientists and uh, their next door neighbor. Um, and one of the main characters in the show is named Sheldon Cooper. And one of his quirks is he's like got OCD. He's got like, he's super particular about the way he eats, you know, the way he sits, the way he dresses, the way he does his laundry, the way he keeps things clean. He's a super germaphobe, all that shit, bro. That is Denzel to the T fam. I'm one of the biggest germaphobes. And I fucking still get sick. It's crazy. It's sick last week. I'm one of the biggest germaphobes. I carry the hand sanitizer on me every day. Like, I carry the wipes. My laundry has to be done a certain way. I can't even lay in the bed if it's not made. The house always has to be clean. Like, I cannot function with no type of dirt. If I get dirt on me, I have to take a shower. Like, it's it's pretty bad. I wouldn't say that I have OCD as in, like, I have to wash my hands seven times a day for five exact minutes every day. Like, it's not that extreme, but, like, fam, I cannot. Like, I have so many things that I have to keep a certain way. And if they're not that way, it literally, like, affects me. Like, I can't function if it's that way. So when I used to watch the TV show and he would, like, have all these different things, like, he would fold his laundry a certain way or he would... He only eats certain foods on a certain day. It was never that extreme for me, but I really related to that shit. I was like, damn, like, that's me, high key. Like, (laughs) he would freak out if somebody would sit in his chair or, you know, something like that. Like, if you were sick around him, he would get really upset. You know, like, and I was like, damn, like, that's really me, like, high key. So, again, I try to, like, when I'm around others, I try not to have it show that much. But, like, that's really, like, who I am. Like, my shit has to be a certain way or I can't fucking function. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know. I'm hearing it myself as well. It's wild. But that's exactly, like, who I am, bro. So, shout out to Sheldon Cooper, man. He, they really, they really captured a great character with that. So, that's really, like, me. Like, super exact and particular. And I don't know what, when I started being that way, but that's just how, as long as I can remember, I've been that way. 
So thank you for that question. And the last question that I have for you guys today says, what fictional character is amazing in their book, show, or movie, but would be absolutely insufferable if you had to deal with them in everyday situations? Now, that's a good question. That's a good question. And I thought about it, and I was like, dang, who would be, like, insufferable if you had to deal with them in everyday situations but was great in, like, their TV show or their movie? And my answer for this question is King Leonidas from the movie 300. And back in the day, day, there was a movie called 300. It was about the Spartans and who was the other? The Persians, I think. And it was an army of 300 soldiers led by King Leonidas to defeat the Persians because they were at war. Sparta was a war country, right? So the dude Leonidas is like got the eight pack muscles on muscles on muscles, got a real deep voice, was like an amazing war soldier, right? He was the leader. And, you know, he had the signature line, this is Sparta, right? And they would go out and they would fight and they would, they did a really good job. They ended up all dying. It was only 300 of them, but it was a great like show. Like this country was like about that shit. They was about that action. But I think like if you put King Leonidas and he was working like at Target or something, or he was just a regular degular dude, a teacher or something, it would be absolutely terrible. This is science. Like, if you're at the store, this is, you know, uh, groceries. This is whatever. Like, this, if he was cooking dinner for you, this is steak. Like, it would be absolutely, you'd be like, bro, can you turn it down a few? Like, can you relax, bro? Like, it's not that deep, bro. We just, I don't know why you this hype over breakfast right now. We just having bacon and eggs, dog. Can you please relax? Like, I think that if you put him in any other situation other than war, he would be absolutely terrible. Like, absolutely fucking terrible. <laughs> like, yo, Leonidas, we about to go to the go to see the basketball game. You trying to come? And you'd be like, <laughs> this is the NBA. <laughs> yes. Bring me the finest popcorn you have. Extra butter. And soda with no ice. You'd be like, oh my God, this nigga, bro. Can we get this nigga out of here, please? Like, we would just, you would just get so tired of that nigga, bro. So that's my answer. I think the worst person from who was amazing in their movie or their TV show, but would be terrible, like in the real world, King Leonidas from the movie 300. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you guys for the questions. I truly, truly appreciate it. I appreciate the love and support and keep them coming. Don't be shy. Hit me up. IG, Twitter, send a message, send a question. I will not ignore you. Um, if I can't answer it on the show, I'll make sure to answer it, you know, in the thread. So at least, you know, I'd read it and actually, you know, came up with an answer for you. And I truly, truly appreciate you guys. And I look forward to answering more and more and more and more of you guys' questions. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Next on the docket, we do need to talk about Ben Simmons a little bit. This week, he reported to uh, the 76ers camp before the season started. And really, it's because he didn't want to lose any money. If he didn't report, he would lose a certain amount of money. And I understand, you got to protect the bag. But um, it, was, it was revealed he was kicked out of a few practices because he was refusing to participate. He didn't want to participate in the team drills. He didn't want to, you know, um, really work out with the team. He didn't really want want to be a part of the team he was shown um 
he was shown off on the sidelines. He was practicing with a cell phone in his pocket. He was unengaged, uninspired. And one day, Doc Rivers kicked him out of practice. They said he went to the strip club after. And you really got to be down bad. Like, you got to be down really bad if you go into the strip club on a Wednesday afternoon, bro. Like, the strip club in Philadelphia on a Wednesday afternoon, like, you really got to be down bad. Like, for real, for real. So, really what I want to discuss is Joel Embiid about this. This is what I want to discuss, like, in it. So, I played you guys a few episodes ago, Joel Embiid being really honest about Ben Simmons. Like, being just like, hey, you know, he was not, he's not a great shooter. He refused to shoot the ball. We've done everything to try to make him comfortable. I don't know what else he wants. He didn't play well, and that's just the truth. You know, um, he, we got rid of Jimmy Butler so he could have the ball in his hands. We got rid of all these players so he could have the ball. And I don't understand really what he wants to do. Like, why is it so difficult for him? We've done everything to make him comfortable. He's the one who hasn't put the work in. And I thought it was refreshing honesty because you never really hear that. Um, but <clears throat> after his recent practice fiasco, his recent practice blow up, they put the microphone right back in Joel Embiid's face, and he did not disappoint. I don't want to ruin this. I just want you to listen to this shit. This is Joel Embiid reacting to Ben Simmons' presence in the Philadelphia Sixers organization currently. Go ahead, guys. Uh, I mean, what did they say was suspended for? There you go. Uh, I mean, I have nothing to say. Uh, uh, like I've always said, you know, focus on the guys that are here. Uh, you know, uh, but the one thing I say is that you know, since uh, he's been back, uh, nothing has really changed. Uh, the guys, you know, we've been having fun. Uh, you know, sharing the ball, moving the ball. You know, focus on the guys that want to be here and, uh, you know, that want to play, uh, that want to be part of this. Uh, um, but I do think, you know, the season is going to, the year is going to be fun. Uh, you know, I like the guys that we have, you know, humble, uh, like to work hard, uh, that, that do work hard. And uh, I think we're going to have fun just playing with each other. And, uh, yeah. Are you disappointed that he hasn't fought back in yet at this point with the way At this point, I don't care about that man. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my job. Uh, you know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, you know, I'm only focused on trying to make the team better, uh, win some games, uh, you know, play hard every night, uh, try to lead, you know, the guys that we have here. Uh, and I'm sure they feel the same way because, you know, our chemistry has been excellent. Despite you know everything that's been happening in the, uh, the last few months, uh, so yeah, like I said, uh, I don't, I don't really care. Sean, so are you, are you saying, saying that you don't want him? To, you don't feel he wants to be here? You said. I don't know. Um, I mean, he got suspended for his conduct, so I'll let you guys read into that. Uh, but I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on, honestly. Uh, you know, I just wanna. I'm excited to play some games. I, I'm excited to go out and compete against other guys and, you know, win some games. Are you concerned that's going to be a distraction? Like, it already well, I, I just say, uh, since, you know, uh, you know, the past few days, felt like, you know, nothing really happened. You know, we were just focused on, you know, the guys, you know, that are playing, that are practicing, uh, doing our thing, having fun with each other, playing. Competing with uh, with each other, you know, talking with each other, uh, you know, being part of it, 
uh, he hasn't bothered us at all. In the, in the days he was, in the days he, in the days he, in the days he was here, what was he, was he a loner? I just said I, I don't care. Uh, man, that's his problem. I, I'm only focused on you know what we've been doing, and then as a team, we we gonna be fine. Uh, you know, we gonna like I said, we gonna we love playing with each other. You can see in practice the way we move the ball, we talk to each other. Uh, so yeah. You guys talk to him? Uh, oh, I'm too honest. I answer that question. No. Joel Embiid is tired of this man's shit, bro. I really don't care about that man at all. Is what he said. Like, bruh, this shit is really terrible. I think the Philadelphia 76ers have really butchered this. They should have moved this. They should have been traded this dude. They should have been traded this dude. He's not gonna play for the team. Like, he's not going to play. Like, I just seen Daryl Morey was on talking about, oh, we're going to, you guys better buckle up because he's not going anywhere unless we get the right deal. Like, bro, sometimes you just got to let it go. Like, he's not going to play for the team. What do you think is going to happen when, if he actually does suit up and play? Do you think the fans in Philly are going to give him some rope? Do you think that the fans are really going to be like, oh, we understand your situation? Do you think that him and Joel Embiid are going to get along? Like, what? This is the dumbest shit ever. You, They should have traded him right after that playoff series. Like, seriously, maybe they got pride. Like, oh, we're not going to let you go because you want to go. I, I think that's fucking stupid. Trade this nigga. Get some picks. If you can't get a player that you really want, get some picks. You wasn't going to get Damian Lillard anyway, right? That's the guy who they really wanted. I mean, it's not happening. Your chance to get James Harden was last season. You didn't get him. Trade this nigga, man. Get some picks. Or just fucking trade him to the Kings. Get Buddy Heald. Get De'Aaron Fox. Trade him. Get somebody for him. Because this shit is not going to end well. It's gonna. It's actually really bad. It's going to get worse. This shit is going to get worse. Like, this is really, really terrible. Like, I, <laughs> bruh. Sometimes you just got to take the L, bro, and you just got to get rid of this nigga. Trade him to a trash-ass team, get the best player from that team, and move the fuck on, bro. If the best player on the team, Joel Embiid, is saying he don't give a fuck about this man, he blames him for the fucking playoff losses. They already had, quote-unquote, tension before this whole blow-up. What is the point of making him play for the Philadelphia 76ers? I don't understand this shit at all. I think it's really fucking dumb. And I think that these niggas in these executive seats make some of the worst fucking decisions ever. Trade this nigga, man, and get rid of him. Get rid of him. You're not going to waive him because if you waive him, you got to pay his whole salary. So why would you continue to keep him on the team in street clothes or inactive or even make him play when you know this nigga don't want to play? Why would you do that to him? Why would you do that to the rest of the team? Why? Why would you make Joel Embiid answer questions about this and they're trying to win games? This shit don't... Why would you make Doc Rivers have to answer this shit every fucking day? Why would you do that? Trade this nigga, find the worst team in the league, a team that's not going to go nowhere, and get rid of this nigga, bro. Seriously, like, this is... This is really dumb right now. This is like really really fucking dumb the fact that they're trying to keep this nigga on the team is really really dumb trade this nigga to like the orlando magic or something get cole anthony trade this nigga to 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 i don't even fucking know trade this nigga bro 
Just trade him, bro. Just trade him. Like, this don't make no fucking sense. Trade him to fucking Detroit. Trade him to Cleveland. Get get Colin Sexton or Darius Garland from Cleveland. Like, just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. The fact that they're going to drag this on and are willing to drag this on is really dumb in my opinion. And I don't see how this shit is going to help the Sixers in any way, shape, or form. So, I'm really flabbergasted by this. That the fact that they have not moved him. And it's only going to get worse. So, Godspeed to the Philadelphia 76ers. If anything, it'll unite the team, hopefully. they Maybe they're thinking that. His his uh, uh distance from the team will make them closer together but this is really terrible like this is really terrible and who knows what's gonna happen but i i don't see any scenario where the sixers are better for this the the longer he stays on the team even if he plays i don't see how this is gonna win like i don't see how this is gonna help the team win so if you ask me get rid of this nigga man just get rid of him just get rid of him, cut your losses, and move the fuck on. And and that's all I got, man, on Ben Simmons. I don't know what the fuck. Like, this is really the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. This is really the dumbest shit. So, who knows, man? We'll keep watching. This is gonna, a, a fun storyline to follow with the NBA season, but this is really fucking stupid, if you ask me. And... Boy, he needs, if if anybody needed a trade, like, please trade this man for everybody's sake. And that's all I got on Ben Simmons, man. That's all I got. And lastly, let us do our NFL predictions. So last week was a pretty dang good week for me. It was only 14 games played because four teams are on bye week. But I went 11 and 3 on picks. I love the double digit win weeks. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. So let us get into week seven slate of games. I already got off to a bad start. I made a mistake. I did not predict the Cleveland Browns against the Denver Broncos on Thursday Night Football. So to be fair, I'm just going to give myself that loss because I don't know who I would have picked anyway. Um, Baker Mayfield was injured. With a, with got a fucked up shoulder. Jarvis Landry came off of IR and immediately got hurt again. Then the, the Denver Broncos started Teddy Bridgewater, even though he was hurt. So I wouldn't have even known who to pick anyway. The Cleveland Browns ended up winning that game 14 to 17. But I'm just going to give myself that loss because I didn't pick the game. So <clears throat> we'll, we'll say I, I start off the week with a, with a loss. But let us run down Sunday's slate of games. First game on Sunday. Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants. Fam. The Carolina Panthers are really pissing me the fuck off. I've picked them the last few weeks to win, and they've lost. They got off to a great start, 3-0, and they've been playing like shit ever since. Um, the Giants are not no better. Saquon Barkley's hurt. Kadarius Toney's hurt. Um, Daniel Jones had a bad concussion. They got stomped by the Rams last week. I think that the Carolina Panthers are going to win this game, but I really am getting annoyed with picking the Panthers to win because they keep losing. But I will pick them again to win this week. Next game. Atlanta Falcons and the Miami Dolphins. Um, I'm going to choose the Atlanta Falcons, man. I don't. I think that Tua Tagovailoa, I wouldn't say he's a bust, but I don't think that Miami has really done much to put him in a position to succeed. Um, and they really don't even know what they have with him. You know, like I predicted last week, the Jacksonville Jaguars in London beat the Miami Dolphins. I knew that they would. 
I knew it. And the Jacksonville Jaguars to that point hadn't won a game. I knew they beat the Dolphins. So I don't know what to make of the Dolphins. You know, last year they had a good season, 10 and 6, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. I don't know what to make of the Dolphins, man. I, I think that they're going to keep losing games, to be honest. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons to win. I, I mean, I, I feel like I don't even have a choice. I think Miami has not done their quarterback a, a really a, a great deal of help. And I know that the Dolphins are kicking themselves that they did not take Justin Herbert. I know they are. So I got the Atlanta Falcons to win. Next game, Washington football team and the Green Bay Packers. You know, A.A. Ron is my guy. He told the Chicago Bears, I fucking own you. He's my guy, man. Other than Big Ben, he's my favorite quarterback, man. I love this guy. So I got the Packers to win. I think that Washington doesn't have enough of the Packers. I think the Packers are going to win. Next game, Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, last week I picked against the Ravens um, only because I thought it would help the Steelers. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, you know what? I'm going to pick against the Ravens again. I think that Cincinnati is going to go into Baltimore and win. Baltimore has had a lot of emotional victories. They had a comeback win against the Detroit Lions. They had a comeback win against the Kansas City Chiefs. Had a comeback win against the Indianapolis Colts. And I think that the emotions of those big victories that no one really was expecting them to win and pull off the way that they did is going to come back in a way. I think they're going to play a little flat this week. I will take the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Baltimore Ravens this week. Next game, New York Jets and the New England Patriots. I got the Patriots. I, I really don't have any faith in the Jets. They got a lot of work to do. Um, Zach Wilson is talented, but I don't know how long he's going to last. I don't know if he's going to get better. I'm not sure. Um, the Jets also have their fair share of injuries. I got the Patriots to win. I don't think the Jets are going to win many games this year anyway. Next game, Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. Now, last week, the Tennessee Titans proved me right. I thought that Derrick Henry was going to have a huge game against Buffalo, and they would win. And Derrick Henry had a huge game against Buffalo, and they won. Um, Kansas City has been a little shaky. You just, you just feel so far in the bet against Patrick Mahomes. He's such a good player. He's such a good quarterback. But you know what? I'm rolling with the Titans, man. I think that the key to beating the Chiefs and their defense is absolutely horrible. One of the worst defenses in the league. Their defense is worse than Seattle's defense. I think that Tennessee, with their formula of give the ball to Derrick Henry, who's a bowling ball, and wear out their defense and keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines, I think that's the key to victory. And I will pick the Tennessee Titans to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this week. I'm going back-to-back -back weeks with the Titans. Next game, Detroit Lions and the LA Rams. Now, as much as I was want the Detroit Lions to win this game, because they've had a lot of hard losses, a lot of tough losses. And Jared Goff would get a little bit of revenge against his old team that traded him for Matthew Stafford. I can't see the Detroit Lions winning this game, man. The line for this game is they have the Rams as a 16-point favorite. A 16-point favorite, bro. Like, as much as you would want the underdog to come out and win this game that no one thinks that they can win... I can't do it myself. I think that the LA Rams are going to go in and stomp the Lions. I think this is going to be like a 35 to 7 game. And yeah, I I can't see the Lions winning this game. I just can't. Next game, Philadelphia Eagles and the Las Vegas Raiders. I last week now last week because of all the Gruden shit, I thought that the Raiders would lose because they had so much on their minds and you know distracted playing football because of what their coach said about 
you know, minorities and women and gays and all other groups that he offended. But they came out and used those emotions to get a win. And playing against Philadelphia, I think that they're going to win again. I don't think Philadelphia is that good of a team. I got the Raiders to win this game. Two games in a row. How about that? Next game. Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, Kyler Murray is the front runner for MVP. I think that the Arizona Cardinals are clicking on all cylinders. And I will take the Arizona Cardinals to win that game. Next game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Brady is somehow, some way, eluding Father Time better than any other professional athlete we have ever seen. This guy is fucking incredible, man. He's incredible. He's the greatest quarterback ever. I have no issue saying that. This guy's fucking amazing. And it's a it's a pleasure to watch him if you love football. Again, I understand the Patriots in the years have kicked the shit out of all of our favorite teams. But this guy's incredible, man. You got to appreciate the greatness while it's here. So I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game. Next game is the Indianapolis Colts and the San Francisco 49ers. I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be healthy enough to play on Sunday. And the Colts have been iffy. But they did have a nice win last week, a good confidence win. And they got T.Y. Hilton, a great wide receiver back. I'm going to go with the Colts back-to-back weeks. I think the Colts are going to beat the 49ers uh, uh, this game. I I will take the Colts to win. The Monday Night Football game is the New Orleans Saints against the Seattle Seahawks. And I will take the New Orleans Saints. Geno Smith is not the guy. He ain't that guy. So, (laughs) and the defense is absolutely horrible. Seattle's defense is terrible. Geno Smith is not that guy. Russell Wilson deserves to get a 300 million dollar contract because you see how important he is to the seattle seahawks the seattle seahawks are one of the most flawed teams in the history of this league and the only reason that they were afloat is because of russell wilson's greatness so i don't see the seahawks winning another game until russell wilson comes back really i don't so i got the new orleans saints to win and i'm gonna make sure i predict the thursday night football game this week because i didn't do it last week And it is the Green Bay Packers against the Arizona Cardinals. This is going to be a fantastic game. A fantastic game. But I'm riding with my boy, A-A-Ron, Aaron Rodgers. I got my guy, Aaron Rodgers, to win. I think that the Green Bay Packers will do enough to beat this game against the Arizona Cardinals. And that is this week's slate of games. Let's see how I do. Hopefully, I get another double-digit win week. And that are my NFL predictions for week number seven. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 78 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active engaging with me on social media. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me on there. I got hoodies. I got t-shirts. I got tote bags. got COVID masks and stickers. Any support that you guys can give me on the merch would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. I'm an independent potter from the BXMY. No sponsorship deals. Nothing like that as of yet. We working hard on it. But um, the merch is just a great way to help keep the podcast going the way that it is. And I sincerely, sincerely, sincerely appreciate every single person who has went on the site and purchased merchandise from me. And I'm going to fade you guys out today with a great, great, great song. This is Throwback Vibes. I'm giving you some throwback 
energy for today's outro. This is one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite groups of all time. And the song is called AT Aliens by Outkast off of the album AT Aliens. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 78. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there and be safe. And I'll speak to you guys next week. We are out. As if I play piano in the dark Found a way to channel my anger Not to involve The world's a stage And everybody got to play their part God works in mysterious ways So when he starts the job of speaking through us We be so sincere with this here No drugs or alcohol So I can get the signal clear as day Put my clock away I got a stronger weapon That never runs out of ammunition So I'm ready for war Okay Throw your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And if they like fish and grits And all that pimp shit Everybody let me hear you say Oh yeah girl Everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah, yeah.